Welcome to the Achievable FINRA Podcast. I'm Tyler, founder of Achievable, and we have affordable FINRA courses for the FINRA SIE Series 6, 7, 63, 65, and 66 exams with industry best pass rates. Each Achievable course includes everything you need to pass the first time, including a full textbook, videos on key topics, thousands of questions backed by our memory-enhancing algorithm, and full-length practice exams. You can try it out for free by going to achievable.me, and if you like it, uh, the code podcast will get you 10% off, so you should use it. Now, let's get started. Today, we've got the securities guys with us, and really excited to have you both on the show, um, and would love if you could just introduce yourselves really quickly, maybe starting with you, Jeff. Awesome. Thanks, Tyler. So my name is Jeff Tharp. I'm with Jeff Tharp Securities Licensing and the Securities Guys, and uh, I've been helping reps passed these securities exams since 1999. I've been actively licensed in the securities industry since 1991. And uh, I guess that's the main thing about me. I partnered with Brian (laughs) (laughs) seven years ago. Uh, Brian uh, is the self-proclaimed nerd of our partnership. He's the techie guy. He's the one that puts our presentations together for all our classes and with our SIE elite system he builds all of that um and so with that let me just turn this over to Brian Brian introduce yourself thank you Jeff I am Brian with the securities guys as Jeff says I am the nerd um I have been teaching securities licenses for 7 years I've been teaching licenses uh, I've been teaching other classes in different forms um generally art and other um crafts along with math uh, for most of my life, um, I tell people that I'm a weirdo, but I am a useful weirdo to know. <laughs> yeah, and so on this one today, we're going to be talking about time management when you're studying for FINRA exams, right? The FINRA SIE, but also, you know, Series 6, 7, and all the other ones. You're usually studying for these tests while you got a job and you got other stuff going on, not to mention your family, your personal life. And the key to getting the passing grade that you need for whatever it is that you're doing is actually not being a genius. It's about putting in the work and the key to putting in the work is time management. Right. So I guess if we want to kick things off with you guys, sort of how do you approach the time management conversation with your clients and how do you kind of get people in the right frame of mind for thinking about this? Perfect. So I'll start off with this. When we meet with somebody, <clears throat> whether it's a, a an office group or if it's an individual, first thing we want to find out what their level of commitment is, right? So before mm-hmm. we take them on, we want to know, okay, are you committed? And of course, everybody says, yes, I got to pass this exam. Right. So the next step, and that's what we're here to talk about, is time management. So Brian's mm-hmm. put together a template for our guys, right? It's seven days a week, 18 hours, and it's on paper. And as we bring them into our system, we need to see that. So what that entails is we want them to write down everything that they've got to get done that week. And then the last thing that we'll have them write down is the times that they're going to study, minimum two hours a day. And so when I say all the things, the first thing is their full-time job hours. So if they're working Mm -hmm. bankers hours, nine to five, they line up nine to five, Monday through Friday. I was in the restaurant business, man, so my hours were all over the freaking place. But you write down your full-time job hours, right? Mm -hmm. And if you're building, like you've got this, uh, the the part-time job with insurance, working on your securities license, okay, write down that 
because you want to continue to build your business. And then write in the family things that have to be done. You got a birthday coming up, like tomorrow's mm-hmm. my wife's birthday. Isn't that exciting? And then we have, um, you know, um, any kind of special event, you got to schedule it, write it down. Once we've got all those priorities done, now we schedule the time to study. And we need a minimum, we tell them, a minimum of two hours. Now, depending on what exam we're working on, but minimum two hours. And they've got to write it down. Okay, so that's the basics of how we get started with the guys that we're working with. They've got to commit. Then we got to see that they're committed by filling out, taking the time to fill out their schedule. Right. Yeah. And that, that what's sort of called in the, in the productivity world, time boxing, right. is yep. super important yes. because you can tell yourself you're going to study for a certain amount of time per week, but there's always a reason not to, right? Like, Oh, I got to go to the grocery store. Or, oh, <laughs> like my wife asked me to make dinner tonight or whatever it is. Um, and you've got to, you know, carve that time out and, and you've got to also get buy-in from everybody else who wants you to pass this test, right. Which hopefully includes your family. Um, or your people that you're living with, right? If you got roommates, maybe, um, and you got to make sure that they know that you need this time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So then the other thing, maybe even going a little bit further than that, you talked a little bit about you, you need at least two hours, right. To do like, to make progress on, uh, like a practice test, things like that. Um, and, and I think, you know, Brian has mentioned previously that you, you don't want to necessarily, you can do like quizzes for 10, 15 minutes at a time, but you don't want to necessarily like plan 15 minute study sessions. You're a lot better exactly. off planning 45 minutes to an hour. Do you have any other kind of general advice like that? Right. Like 45 minutes to an hour study sessions multiple times a week. Why well, I, I have because like we've, we have two main, main approaches. We talked about a little bit about the elite program. Um, that's the ones for the people who really sort of want to get it done sort of at, at the faster clip. There are some people who I have found that really it does take a little bit longer. It takes a little bit slower. Um, I have what I refer to as my study course that meets sort of weekly um, in the evenings and just keeps repeating um, for people where it might take six or eight, ten weeks, because sometimes it's better to take the right amount of time the first time and then get it done instead of con- mm-hmm. constantly failing until you eventually get it. And with those people, I describe, I sort of describe it as like a hardcore workout routine. Now, if you've ever seen me, you'd be surprised why I talk about a gym. I clearly don't go to a gym. But anyway, the idea is of going to a gym where if you've got this hardcore workout routine, you're going to the gym every single day, but you're not lifting weights every day. Most days you're doing mm-hmm. cardio. That's the doing the maybe the hour, hour and 15 minutes of studying kind of thing where you're not really going backwards. You're not really going to advance at only doing an hour a day. But a few days Mm -hmm. a week, you spend three or four hours. These are for the people where their schedule may not be, where they can do basically two hours every day. But they should be able to do at least 45 minutes to an hour every single day because there have been Mm -hmm. lots of studies that have found that if you take a day off, you immediately start forgetting things. After 24 hours, you start forgetting. So what a lot of people I've found try and do is they do like four or five hours and then and then take like a day off or two days off and then four or five hours. And they try and do mm-hmm. like the 14, 15 hours a week that we've generally recommend over three days in the week. And they find out after a month they really haven't gotten anywhere. But the idea of sort right. of the workout routine is something you can continuously do for the six, seven, eight weeks and it's not going to burn you out. 
Well, and that actually is a really good segue into, I mean, we notice the same thing, right? So one of the things that we have built into our program, but you don't need to use Achievable to do this. You can do it on your own, is uh, be sure to consistently re-review what you've already learned from the earlier chapters, right? What we found, we've done pilots with like big corporations and we found that what will happen basically is by the time you get to kind of week six or eight, you're forgetting a pretty substantial portion of what you learned in weeks one and two, yep. unless you're going back and actually re-reviewing it and making sure you're still on it, right? We always it's particularly we always recommend pushing through it, getting it all in your head and then sort of reviewing it because I've, I've definitely had the same kinds of people where they go through and, oh, Oh, because whatever whatever book we have, whichever program it is, clearly that's that's the way the test is going to be. It's going to be chapter one and chapter two and chapter three. So I really need to make sure I master chapter one. Okay, I've mastered chapter one. Now I need to master chapter two. Okay, I've mastered chapter two. Now I need to master chapter three. Okay, I've mastered chapter three. How much of chapter one do you still remember? Okay, so now you got to go back and do chapter one again. Well, how much of chapter two do you remember? Well, now you're getting tired of it, so you want to go to chapter four. But now you forget chapter three and you're just bouncing around the whole time trying to master these sections that don't really matter. That's one of the things that I always strive to, to teach as well. These outlines, Finner's got to give some outline to it. I always give mm -hmm. the example of what if there's a question on regulations of the markets? Seems like a fairly com com a common type question, but markets is one of the functions and regulations is a different function. Right. So it crosses right there. And so you want to keep mixing it up. Yeah. And that, that's an important thing too. I mean, we, we cover that a little bit in this video that we made, that's called an overview of the FINRA SIE, where it's basically that the way that FINRA structures their outline is kind of like throwing a bunch of stuff into very large buckets. Yeah. And those buckets have a little bit of everything. It's like you got uh -huh. some onions in here and tomatoes in here and you got onions and tomatoes over here too. It's, it's not it, like it, it makes sense from the point of view of kind of like a high level topic, but for teaching it and learning it, it you, it's a lot better to kind of organize things a little differently. Right. So we have yeah, 16 exactly. chapters for the FINRA SIE. It's like, you know, chapter one is stock chapter two is bonds, right? Like it's, but then bonds are going to come up in suitability. They're also going to come up in regulations. They're also going to come up in, you know, just the mechanics of it. Right. So, you know, opening customer accounts or, or getting customer response. We, so we, it's we break a, it down similarly. We don't have so much of like the bigger chapters because we mostly teach classes, but we've sort of four big unit, four big sections. Um, I yeah. always describe them as like the securities, uh, the, the, um, the securities, the laws, the people, and the sort of economics and math and the other stuff. Um, and as I say, it's just, that's just the way that it makes sense to me to teach it. I mean, Everyone else does it their own way. There's no right or wrong. Don't mm -hmm. think that it's going to be given to you in some specific way. You just need to make sure you get the material. Right. And, and it's important to, um, like, like whatever sort of method you're using, whether that's, you know, do it all once and then go back or go back kind of consistently as you go forward, regardless, you should go back. Absolutely. <laughs> you should be prepared in your, in your study time, right? Like don't, when you're bud when you're building your schedule to for to pass one of these tests, don't budget enough time to read everything through once and then take a pra practice final, and think that that's enough, right? Like you realistically want kind of fifty percent more time, or maybe you know at a minimum like sort of twenty five percent more time to re-review everything that you've already learned, to take practice tests and get them wrong, and figure out okay, well 
I need to go work on options questions and, you know, have time to go work on options questions after that. Right. right. Like if you, if you have a month, if you have a month uh, study plan to go through everything once, then you should try to add on two weeks at the end to take practice exams and review and, you know, basically buff up the areas that are your weakest areas. Um, and so getting all that in your, in your head ahead of time and then planning it all like that way ahead of time, you know, you should schedule your tests for six weeks, not for a month. Yep. Right. Yep. Um, and that's all really helpful for, for organizing. That's exactly. absolutely correct. I mean, that we, I agree with that a thousand percent. That's how we are pretty well structured on our systems is mm -hmm. 30 days, right? Get through the materials. Okay. Now you got two weeks for testing, reviewing, going back, you know, Again, always having a blank sheet of paper out as you are testing to write down the individual words, a concept that you can go and review later. So you're constantly going back and your scores are improving and then you'll be ready to take your test. So absolutely. Yeah, very cool. Well, so then any on the subject of sort of time management for these exams, what else is important, right? I think maybe do talking about fitting it in when you've got, um, you know, a full-time job. Is, yeah. Do you have any tips or tricks for kind of like finding time for this? Yeah. So again, where Brian and I come from, this is the number one person we're working with. They all have a full-time job. They're coming mm -hmm. from somewhere else, right? So they're, they've got the full-time job. They've got the full-time family. And now we're studying for these full-time exams. And so this is, the talk that we would give them. Okay. Number one reason our guys don't pass is because of time management. It's nothing else. You can have English as second language issues. You could have learning disability issues that those are hurdles, but that ain't the number one reason it's getting the time scheduled. So by visually writing it out, Brian made this comment earlier that you physically write it out so you can see your schedule right? Because you know when your full-time job is, right? Then we can, and you know what your family commitments are. Then you can see and write in those times, right? And you can do an hour here and then an hour there. And so we work with the people when they write that schedule and we see it, we can say, okay, well, what are you doing here? What are you doing there? What are you doing here? And we can find the two hours or if they have more time, right? But we can find the minimum of two hours by looking at that schedule that they have written out, right? Um, for us, now again, a lot of, you know, all these youngsters have their schedule on computers and, and, and stuff like that. Same idea mm -hmm. though. We're, I think you called it time boxing, right? So you're, you're, you're blocking your schedule. And so that's what we help them with. That's part of it is helping them with time management. Because if we don't get that fixed up front, then they're going to struggle because they're not, they're always going to be in the wrong place when they're on their, working their full-time job right? They're not focused on doing any studying. Then they get home. Okay. They're not focused on studying unless they have a, an appointment with themselves to exactly. study. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think um, the other thing too, like there's, it's important to kind of remember that you should be looking for times that you kind of already have. And what I mean by that is like, you probably have half an hour at lunch where you were maybe like scrolling Instagram before, but you, exactly. that is time that you could put towards this. 
right? And then that gives you half an hour at home with your kids that you would otherwise not have and you'd have to study with. Um, you might have time on your commute, right? When like just to do quizzes, even, even if it's something that simple um, or watch some videos, right? Like a lot of people nowadays have great videos on YouTube. Um, it's just like trying to kind of like think about your schedule as also in that way where it's like, where can I find time? And the more time that I find with what I've already got going on, the more that I will save time kind of later. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and the benefit that, that we explain is after the exams, if you've managed your time correctly, when you, when you're licensed, look at all this time you just picked up for your mm-hmm. life, your business, but you've formed the habit, right? Mm-hmm. By the time you get through the licenses, if you manage your, I mean, if you build your time management skills, I mean, that's one of the most important things in business is managing your time and not wasting your times on things that don't matter as much as other things. And so it's a skill. Time management is a skill that's going to carry over into your, your, your business and the rest of your life. Right. Totally agree. And, and so I think, um, I feel really good about how we've talked about the time management portion. I want to cover one more thing though, before we wrap up, uh, which is making sure you're work doing the right things. <laughs> right. And so when you're preparing for these tests, right, like achievable, we have a built in study schedule, um, that, you know, you put in your test date and we build a study schedule for you so that you will be on track. Right. But, um, I think that most programs don't do that. And I think also that, you know, a lot of times with people like you, you've got a tutor, the tutor's kind of telling you like, oh, okay, this is like, you should take a practice exam now or that kind of thing. Um, Some people won't have that though. So I'm curious sort of how, for, for the people that maybe don't have that kind of support, what are your tips for making sure you're doing the right things at the right time? Do you have an order that you recommend people do things in? Or do you have sort of a process for figuring that out? Well, depending on what materials they have available to them, right? Because everybody's got different stuff available. But you set it with Achievable. See, if I'm going to sign up with Achievable, mm-hmm. right? What I want to know, and this I think will help answer your question. I want to know how I know that I'm ready to go. Right. right? So what does Achievable tell me to do? Right. And you've already got it mapped out. Here's my, you know, here's my date, my exam date. Okay. Now, what do I got to do to know for a fact, without a doubt, I am competent, ready to go test and pass? So, whatever system you're using, you need to master that system and do what they're asking you to do. I mean, what does this company say you have to do before they green light you? Or is there a special test that's a go no go exam? take this test, score this score, you are, we are telling you you're ready to go. So I would say that, I mean, you've got materials, right? Follow what they're saying you need to do because they're going to know their stuff better than anybody else. I mean, it wouldn't work very well if I said, okay, I'm signing up for achievable, but I think I'm going to do it this way. <laughs> yeah, it's I don't like think I need to read the book. I don't think I need to read their materials online. I think I just need to burn through their Q banks, and then I should be good. See, so my point is, if if you sign up for somebody's material, mm-hmm. right? If you're going to spend the money, then commit to them to do what they ask you to do, and you should pass. I don't know if that helps, but that's what I would recommend. 
Yeah, no, I think that's good, right? It's, it's kind of like what we, um, it's kind of like what we talked about where it's, it really is that the best thing you can do when you've kind of got committed to something is give it a fair shake and the only really, and try not to hop around your structure too much, right? Like if you're mm-hmm. using other courses because you like the way that they wrote things better, right? Or you like their question bank better, or you just like having two, sure. Um, but if you've got a program that has a schedule and has sort of a recommendation in the order, you know, don't try to outsmart the people that are trying to help you, right? Because most of the time they've seen a lot of people that have done this and they, you know, they're basing mm-hmm. on the one hand, you know, you are trying to build a system that's as personalized as possible, but it's still like a system that kind of has like best practices built into it that are somewhat across like all your students, right? So Yeah, pretty much. Um, on the other hand, uh, they still probably have a better idea than you do as a person who's new to this <laughs> right. as to what is going to be the best for you. Um, so trust Amen. Them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, great. Any other uh, parting thoughts on, you know, passing Finder exams with a busy schedule and, and working it into your schedule to make sure that you have enough time? You just want to make sure you take it slow. You don't want to try and look at like uh, someone else in the office. Oh, they, they got it in two weeks. I can get it in two weeks. If I can't, then there must be something wrong with me. No, it doesn't matter. Everyone learns a little differently. Don't, don't try and force yourself into someone else's shoes. Um, make sure you don't want, you don't want to end up spending months and months waiting uh, to have to retest kind of thing. If only you spent an extra week or two studying the first time kind of feeling that's, those are the worst types of feelings than any of the others. So, right. Well, and it's, um, it, it's like important, I think, to add on to what you just said, to, to really get a realistic expectation going in of how long the total time is, right? And then factoring in that time where you're going to finish the material, but you're going to need to go back and, and do extra prep. Right. I always um, recommend yeah. 30, to, 30 to 45 seconds a question when you're taking practice tests for like seeing if you're good on time. Because then if you're, mm-hmm. if you're a little bit off and instead of 30 to 45, maybe you're 40 to 50, 55 seconds, you're still going to have enough time on all the tests. But if you're supposed to have like a minute and 15 seconds per question on one of the exams and you're finishing in a minute and 12 seconds when you're practicing and the test gets you a little bit distracted because you're tense and worried, now all of a sudden you're at a minute and 20 and you run out of time. Right. Yeah. So make sure that you are getting the timing right when you and timing your practice tests. Right. Um, we, we, we put that in ours. I don't know if everybody does, but you, you should be having your practice tests on the same timeline that you would have the real test on at, because otherwise at least, at least right because otherwise uh you know if, if you're like acing it but you're spending like two four, two and a half hours four hours yeah yeah then i mean that's not gonna cut it when you're actually taking the real thing so yep and i would just add if you're gonna spend money on a system or if your co- com- company gives you access to a system and you're committed to that follow that system you want to mm-hmm. get extra QBanks? That's fine because it doesn't take you away from their core system. So they're going to know better than you do. They've helped a lot more people than you ever have on getting through these exams. And then the last thing I would say is don't be afraid to reach out for help. Remember, the money that you spend today, mm-hmm. right, is nothing compared to the money that you'll make for the rest of your life in this industry. Right. right. It's, it's, so you oh, yes. just, you want to, you want to 
do what you have to do to save time, money, and pass these exams, right, as quickly and efficiently as possible. And the money that you spend, you can write it off anyway, right? It's an expense. You can write it off Mm -hmm. and you'll have that securities license for the rest of your life. Right. Exactly. Don't skimp on it. This is, this is the time to do it, right? That's right. Great. This has been Achievable's Finner podcast hosted by Tyler from Achievable with Brian and Jeff from Securities Guys. Achievable has courses for the FINRA SIE in Series 6, 7, 63, 65, and 66 exams. You can try each of them for free by going to achievable.me, and you can use the code PODCAST to save 10% if you like them.